Mr. Jeff, you bad motherfucker. Here we go. Take four. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Rasta Jeff. This is episode 829 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. Let me start by apologizing for being a day late with the podcast. I've been a little bit overwhelmed with a trim job with a small harvest. I'm caught up now. We'll talk more about trimming and harvesting later in the podcast. I do want to cordially invite you to the Dude Grows Growers Cup. That's right. The Dude Grows Growers Cup is happening June 1st in Fort Collins, Colorado. Uh, the Dude Grows crew will be there. The Irie Army will be there. I will be there. White Mike will be there. We do invite you to come join us for the party at the DGC Growers Cup, June 1st in Fort Collins, Colorado. Make sure you check out dgccup.com for all of that information. Also, big thanks to everybody who participated in the Valentine's Day sale on iriedirect.com. That Valentine's Day sale is now going to segue right on into a Rasta Jeff birthday sale. That's right, my birthday is March 1st. Why not do a Rasta Jeff birthday sale on iriedirect.com? So by the time this episode comes out, there will be a live sale happening on iriedirect.com. Go check out the new inventory and the new pricing. It is my birthday. Let's celebrate. All right, I feel like I covered all of the business here at the top of the show. Now let's segue into the pet peeve section of today's podcast. A lot of times if you're scrolling the internet, if you go to your friend's grow space, maybe you work in a commercial grow, but a lot of times we will see something in a grow environment that will simply drive you crazy, drive me crazy. I call that our grow room pet peeve. I want to know about your grow room pet peeves. You can send them to me at growfromyourheartathotmail.com. If I read your grow room pet peeve here on the podcast, I will send you a coupon code for a free pack of seeds at iredirect.com. Today, we're going to discuss one of my grow room, one of my grow community pet peeves. When you buy a package of seeds, it says recommended flowering time. Uh, we're going to say 60 to 70 days. That's really common for some seeds that I would sell. So suggested flowering time, 60 to 70 days. I'm the breeder. I'm the one that bred those seeds. I've probably grown a bunch of those seeds. I've had testers grow those seeds. I've got a lot, ex a lot of experience with the seeds that are in that package. I have a pretty good general idea of what to expect from those, especially how long to let them flower. Now, let me get to the point here. My pet peeve is when I see people online talking about day one of flowering time and what is considered day one. There are a lot of people out there who try to say that day one is the first day you see pistols forming or the first day you see bud set happening or the first day your plant shows you sex. All of those are nonsense. Day one of flowering is the day you turn your timer to 12-12. Most of us are running 18 hours on, six hours off, or something similar. Maybe you're doing 24 and zero. But that first day you turn that timer to 12 hours on and 12 hours off is day one of the flowering cycle. There's no negotiations, no changes. Uh, and I get to choose that because I created the seeds that you're working with. I put the label on there, and I know that day one starts for my count when I change that light. That's why I put 70 days on there. It would have been a different math equation. I didn't put day one is uh, the day that you change the lights plus the day that you see pistols minus the angle of the moon. It doesn't say any of that. It says day one is the day you change the light into flower, and then from 70 days from then, your plants should be ready. So my grow room pet peeve is people not understanding what day one means. How hard is it? Why are you making things so difficult? Chill out, bro. Now we're going to work into another pet peeve that does drive me crazy. I also see this on social media way too often. 
people will post pictures of male plants. It's a boy plant. The plant is 10, 12, 17 days into flower. It's showing male parts. And people will say, why did my plant show hermaphrodite? Why is my plant a herm? Bro, it's just a male. Why do you want it to be a herm so bad? I know that sounds like a very small complaint, but what sucks about that is if you run some IRE genetic seeds and you grow a good male and you complain that you got a hermaphrodite and you tell a bunch of people that my seeds are intersex, that looks bad on me because you're uneducated and you didn't know what a male plant looked like. So that's another one of my big pet peeves, people that identify a male plant as an intersex plant. The plant was clearly male. You don't get to pick that, bro. The plants do not let you determine their gender. They will tell you on their own. All right, that is my pet peeve section of today's podcast. Now, I did say earlier that I've been overwhelmed because I've been trimming some plants. There is a very long episode about harvesting and drying and curing your plants here on this podcast. I don't remember the number. Today, we're going to do the quick version of drying and curing your harvested cannabis. Now, the first thing I want to talk about when it comes to harvesting our plants is preparation. I've done a full episode recently about preparing for harvest. Uh, mainly get your gloves, get your scissors, get your area. Also, where are these plants going to go once you chop them down? Let's think about that before we even cut these plants down. So we know harvest is coming, right? It's coming up. Let's just say it's in a few days. Now is the time to order two or three pair of scissors. If you can get some good Fisker scissors or whatever you prefer, get some good quality scissors. I got some free scissors in the mail that came with another product. They just happened to send me scissors. I used those to trim a plant the other night. They lasted one and a half plants before they were so dull that they were just mushing the plant. I couldn't even trim with them. Uh, I tried to clean them up, tried to get them back in action. They're so dull, they're useless. Need to give them to a friend who is a, a shear sharpener professional. Shout out, dude, you know who you are. Uh, but get yourself some good quality scissors because these things did not last one and a half plants. They were free, it's what you expect. But I just grabbed that pair. I thought, brand new, I'll give them a try. They felt good in the hand, but they didn't trim worth the shit after a couple of hours they were toasted. So now is the time to order some good scissors. We know we're going to need good trim scissors. If you've already got some, clean them up, get them prepared. Also, you're going to need, or I suggest, rubber gloves. If you're going to have helpers, get gloves in their sizes as well. Uh, be cordial. Also, one thing I would recommend is some snacks. You're going to want some snacks when you're trimming. Not while, but between trimming. Uh, I'm a snack monster. It's a nice reward to say when I finish this plant, I get to eat those snacks. It's always just a good mind game. So if you're trimming, if you've got helpers, oh, excuse me for the burping, you guys are not even going to edit that out. If you're trimming, if you've got helpers, try to provide snacks for yourself. And since I'm burping it up, try to find some good drinks that your trimmers enjoy. Do they drink kombuchas? Do they drink, uh, have some water for sure, but do they want something tasty? Do they want a lime Haritos? Uh, do they want one of those weird taste in tamarind Haritos? Get something tasty for your trim crew so there's something good for folks to snack on and to drink on. Keep them comfortable. Also, uh, this always does help, in my opinion, if you're working in a, an environment where this is allowed. If you're in a commercial environment, you're screwed. But if you come over here and you trim with me, you're going to get stoned all day, bro. I put some weed on the table, some dabs on the table, and that shit's fair game. You can smoke all of that shit as long as you can still trim. You will get paid. Don't worry about it. So have some snacks, some drinks, and some smokables available uh, and some good entertainment. Maybe pick out a couple of good podcasts if you're by yourself. Uh, maybe listen to a couple of comedy specials, but be ready. Uh, and a good chair. I'm going to mention a good chair is crucial. I've got a really nice chair in my office. I can move around. I moved that to my trim area. It's nice and cozy. It's got nice lumbar support. Uh, that chair extends my trim period. Also, good lighting. Many people overlook the good lighting until they cut down the plant, they bring it to the area, and they go, damn, I can't see this shit. 
Uh, of course, I've got studio lights. I've got lighting for days in here, but consider some lighting in your trimming area. That is going to be very crucial. It will, um, trimming sucks. You may be at trimming at the trim table for several hours. You don't want to be stuck there uncomfortable uh, with your neck in a position you don't want and your arms in a weird way. Really try to get yourself in a comfortable, relaxed position where you can get as much done and extend your time trimming. Uh, if your arms are up here, your arms are going to get numb. If your neck's crooked like this, your neck is going to get sore. Try to get yourself set up in a comfortable way where you can trim with your arms in front of your face over a tray. Also, think about some sort of trim tray. What are you going to trim over? Do you have a strategy? All right, there's a lot of things to think about before trimming even happens. Let's get some supplies. Let's get some friends. Let's get a schedule. When is it going to happen? Don't keep putting it off. Uh, don't uh, just tell your bros whenever at this time. Have a time. Friday at noon, I'm cutting these plants down. You be here at one. We'll start cooking. Like that's the way it should go. Have a plan. How about some space? Do you know, do you have room? Uh, if I cut down one of my big plants, it would barely fit on this table. Uh, so I'd have to break it down into smaller pieces, hang that up, and then process that small pieces at a time. Do you have room for that? How is the temperature, the environment in that room? Is it suitable for yourself? Is it suitable for your trim crew? Is it suitable for the plants? Then after the trim area, what about where is that bud going to hang? However you're going to do it. Are you going to run lines? Are you going to hang it from hooks? Are you going to hang it from coat hangers? How are you going, <clears throat> excuse me, how are you going to hang this plant? One thing I like to do, I like to start by hanging, so we'll talk about this in a moment, but have some space. How are you going to hang the plant? Then how are you going to control the environment in the room in which your plants are hanging? Uh, ideally, we would have, uh, and this is up for debate, people are going to argue this, and I'm going to give parameters because it's much easier, and um, it is slightly critical to hit these parameters, but Certain exact temps aren't as critical in my mind. I've been growing weed, uh, very good weed, before we had all these super crazy monitors and all this tech you can get by. But what I'm trying to say is we need a room where we can control the temperature and the humidity, uh, somewhere between 50 and 60% humidity, and also somewhere between 50 and 60 degrees Fahrenheit in that room uh, for as long as possible where you're drying and curing is ideal. I understand we don't all have that. Try not to get too hot. Try not to get too cold. Try not to get too dry. Try not to get too moist. It will work. But if you want really good, the best weed, 50 to 60% on both of those is ideal for you. So what about the area where the weed is going to go? So the way I normally do it is I'm going to cut the weed down. It'll hang for a few days in that 50-50 room, that 50-50 environment, that dark room also. It's 50 degrees, 50% humidity, and it's dark. Uh, eventually it'll be time to cut it. We'll talk more about that in just a minute. I'm not going to skip steps. I'm trying to stay focused, but I am high as shit if you can't tell today. Um, then eventually that weed's going to get ready to trim. Once we trim it, where is it going to go? Do you have jars? Do you have containers? Do you have buckets? Do you have something available that is airtight, preferably opaque and food grade would be ideal for these buds? So there's a lot of things to think about, a lot of steps. Let's get prepared now so we don't destroy this harvest. We've already gone However many days in veg, 30, 40 days in veg, 9, 10 weeks in flower, let's not ruin this stuff right here at the very end. So think about your environment. What about your equipment? Do you have a humidifier, a dehumidifier, a small fan? Do you have those types of things available to you to put in your dry and cure area? Uh, what else do we talk about? I said time and space. Uh, once you've got all of your equipment, I wrote down uh, humidifier, dehumidifier, fans, Scissors, gloves, jars, bins, snacks, music. Now, what about time and space? You've got to organize this. I talked about that briefly. The thing that uh, you may need to be concerned about is once you cut those plants down, they are beginning to dry. At some point, they will be dry enough to where they need to be 
either put into a container or ready to be trimmed. Uh, the reason I got overwhelmed this week is because I cut down several plants all at one time and then they were all dry all at once. It was a race for me to get them into a container, into the jars before they got too dry. So I just, once I started trimming, it was fucking go time. I had to keep on keeping on. So give yourself time and space to do this. Uh, also think about that hang area. I wrote temperature and humidity in the hang area. Make sure that is dialed in. Now, let's talk about my actual process of how uh, I did this harvest. I felt like I did this harvest pretty efficiently. It was just me. I took down my legal number of plants here in Colorado. I feel like I had a pretty good, successful harvest. By the way, most of this uh, is going to be taken to the Dude Grows Cup, so we can consume this at the Dude Grows Cup. It's going to be rolled up into a bunch of fatties or just available in jars. Uh, it's just going to be smoke-ready at the cup. That's why I grew it. Uh, this is just party time, bud. There was a bunch of lemon Jeffrey, uh, a little bit of orange gasm, a very small amount, small, small amount of Grateful Dog. There was a double dragon in there. And then allegedly... Um, there might be a golden goat plant, but we're just talking at this point. Let's talk about the actual harvest. So, um, you've done your grow. It's time to cut. We're not going to talk too much about, uh, what you feed it. If you do or do not flush, by the way, there's an episode, uh, all about flushing is flushing real is flushing a myth is flushing bro science. Uh, go check the flushing episode. See how you feel about that. Uh, do that or don't, uh, then, um, I would say the day before harvest, here is where my harvest procedure actually begins, the actual harvest, because days before that, I hit up Amazon and got all the shit that I need. Now, here we go. Um, I'm going to go in and defoliate the plants as much as I possibly can the day before harvest. As many leaves as I can pull off, big and small, if I can just get in there and yank them off with my fingers, the entire room, just going to strip it naked. We don't need any leaves at this point. Uh, it can be completely, completely naked at this time. Then... Uh, when I'm done, there's a good chance I'll just unplug that light, unplug the room, uh, not the entire room, just the lights. Uh, the room is done. I'm going to cut it down tomorrow. A lot of people like to leave that room in extended darkness. Um, I'm just doing it because the plants are basically finished. I'm just going to let them sleep for an extra amount of time because I'm not spending that electricity uh, and they're done. And then if that extra extended darkness does do anything, I also happen to add that. I just know I'm cutting them down tomorrow. They're done. I just defoliated them. Just need to let them finish for that extra day. Tomorrow is chop day. That's the only real method for the extended darkness is just unplug the light. There's no need for it at this point. Just let them rock. Have a real long night. Then you wake them up and kill them. So uh, the first thing I do, defoliate heavily every leaf. Get it off of there. Get rid of it. Uh, most of the leaves you're pulling now are not the sugary leaves. Uh, this is all trash. Get rid of that. So then the next day when it's time, I will go in and I chop the plants. Um, some of these plants got lollipopped fairly high. They had real long legs. I didn't chop at the base. I chopped up real high just before where the first nodes came out. So I just chopped just below that. Then I flipped the plant upside down. These plants honestly went onto a coat hanger, the hanger that my t-shirt was on, my jacket, my hoodie, uh, just like that. Uh, so I take one of the branch. So your plant goes up. It looks like a peace sign, right? The main branch and the two coming off, flip it upside down, use one side of the peace sign, hang it right on that coat hanger. That went into my dry and cure area that was as close to 50-50 as I could get it. Uh, 50 degrees, 50% humidity, and 100% darkness in that room. That plant went right into there. Repeat until everything is harvested. Uh, then closely monitor those plants. Uh, pay attention to your equipment in that room. Pay attention to the humidifier, the dehumidifier. Make sure you're dumping those or filling those as needed because if one of those goes to shit. Uh, so here's something crazy that I do. 
I didn't mention this. In the dry and cure room, I will have a humidifier and a dehumidifier both set at 50% uh, or both set at 55%. That way you get, honestly, these devices have a little leeway. So you get somewhere between 50 and 60% humidity and temperature. That way they're both fighting. The reason you got to make sure they're both up to date is because if one goes wrong, you really fuck up the room because now you're just uh, dehumidifying the room extremely uh, instead of adding the humidity. They don't, they don't, it doesn't work that way. So make sure your equipment's working. Hang everything upside down. Let it hang. Go in there and check on it. So here's where the art and the skill comes into drying and curing the plants. While the plants are hanging, grab a branch and just give it a bend. The plant's either going to bend like it's wet and rubbery and supple, or it's going to pop a little bit, or it's going to explode. Those are three different points of the dry and cure phase. If it bends a little bit and is rubbery, way too early. If it goes crack, you're just at the right point. I would start trimming up those buds and get those buds into an airtight container, or at least buck the buds off of the sticks and into an airtight container. I did half and half this time. Um, I bucked the buds into a bin. I trimmed up a bunch of them. Those went into a jar so I can dry and cure them. At some point, I ran. I realized I was running out of time. I was getting exhausted. I had to go to bed. I just started bucking the buds off of the sticks, and I put those untrimmed buds into a jar. They will get dried and cured with leaves on them. We can trim those whenever the time comes. Not a big deal. So uh, when they start snapping, when they start popping a little bit, that's when it's time to start getting those, uh, those buds, those flowers, even the whole plant, if you need to, into some sort of a container to now start slowing down that drying process. For some people, this line is hard to determine. When to put them in that jar is really hard to determine for some people. You don't want to go when it's too wet because uh, then you can cause problems. If it's already exploding and real dry, then you've already caused yourself problems. So you want to go right when those... Not the thin, thin, wispy sticks, not the big stick in the middle, but those side sticks, when those start popping good, that's when you want to get those buds off of there and get them into a container. So now we've taken the, the bud. So what I did was, I, like I said, I cut all the buds off the sticks into containers. So I knew that this plant was bin A, this plant was bin B. Then I trimmed a bunch of those buds and put them into the jars. Those are basically trimmed and in the trimmed cure process. Uh, we'll talk more about the curing in a second. That's all set aside. Like I said before, I ran out of freaking time. I got tired, bro. I did more than I thought I was going to do. And so those are still hairy, but they got put into the jar. They're trimmed off the stick. They're fuzzy, but they're in the jar. Uh, they're just drying and curing like normal. We can cut those leaves off later, like I mentioned before. So that's where we are at this point in the dry and cure phase. If we get those buds into those jars before they're too dry, we are in good shape. We are on the right path. Here's where we have to be very careful. We are sealing wet, spongy, squishy, fluffy buds into an airtight container. Now, inside of that container is all of the great shit to cause the curing reaction, but also what's in that container is all of the wrong shit to cause a moldy reaction. So we've got to find a balance here. What we've got to do is pop these jars open and let out all that stale air. So what's happening is, quick version, uh, check me if I'm wrong. We are sealing that jar up. The moisture inside of that jar is working with the oxygen inside of that jar to start breaking down the chlorophyll inside of that jar. So the moisture is necessary to break down the chlorophyll. It will break down that chlorophyll into a gas. At some point, we must open the jar and let that gas out and let fresh oxygen into that jar. The trick is we cannot let out all of the moisture rapidly as we do this because the only way to remove the chlorophyll from these buds is with a little bit of moisture in them still. So we want to slowly remove that chlorophyll by 
uh, sealing that product in the jar, letting that curing, uh, there's a word for it that my brain won't say right now. I know the word. We've got to let that curing action happen. Uh, we've got to let that chlorophyll, that oxygen, that water battle it out. We've got to let that chlorophyll become a gas. Then we open it. We let that gas back out. Then we seal it back up. We've got to let that happen multiple times slowly. So basically what I would like to do, ideally, uh, and this is going to be hard for some people, but I've got access to my crop most of the time. If you're a commercial grower, you may need a special employee or a team to do this. This was Mike's job back in the day. Shout out to Mike. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to seal all of my jars up. Or maybe you're using much larger containers. Seal those. Then set a timer. I generally set my first timer for two hours. In two hours, I'm going to go open up those jars. Now is the time to make a huge assessment. Now we will know if we put those buds into those jars way too early, way too late, or right on time. A lot of things are going to happen in that first two hours. Moisture is going to move around. Uh, if some of the buds were damp and some of the buds were dry, now they will be even. If the buds were real wet, but the sticks had a lot of moisture in them, all that moisture is going to move around and kind of even itself out. If the buds were dry and the sticks had moisture, that moisture is going to move around. Now we will see how wet those buds truly are. At this point, we need to make a decision. Do we want to leave those jars open for a few minutes? And like I said, we just don't want to let them dry out too dry to where we can't get the anaerobic action. Is that the word I was looking for earlier? So that we can't get the anaerobes to create the, uh, the breakdown to eat up that chlorophyll in there. So you want to leave it open just to get some air out of there. Let some moisture out. Then at the amount of time which you desire, I would say somewhere between three and maybe 15 to 30 minutes. If they're real wet, if they're real soppy, dump them out of the jar and leave that out on the table for a few minutes. But if it's just sticky and wet, leave the jar open 15 to 30 minutes or three minutes. It's up to you. You got to learn this. This is a skill and an art to develop based on the amount of moisture in that jar. So leave it open for a few minutes, uh, seal it back up, set another timer for four hours at this time. In four hours, repeat the process, pop it open, look at it, see what you think. How wet is that weed? If you don't think it's going to cause any mold in there, seal it up, seal it up for another four hours and then go check on it. If you think it's too moist, too damp, too sticky, too gooey at this point, leave it open a little bit longer. We don't want the buds in there to be spongy and gross, but we want them damp and sticky so that we can slowly dry them. The object here is slow dry. It's to stretch out this dry process. So you want to put them in the jar and leave them in that jar until that gas is eating up the chlorophyll. But then we've got to let that chlorophyll out and replace it with fresh, fresh oxygen to keep repeating that process. So I continue with the timer process. I'm a little bit OCD. I'll go two hours, then I'll go four hours a couple of times, and then six hours, and then eight hours, and then eventually 12 hours. And then eventually, you only have to open them every day once at a, once a time, and for a couple of minutes by then. I've seen a lot of guys put hygrometers in their jar. Once you get to a certain point of moisture, which you desire, once you get to that 63%, you can leave those jars sealed if you're comfortable with that, and that herb should smoke fairly well. Uh, here in Colorado, it's a real struggle to get the herb perfect because we've got that dry climate. Everyone talks about that Colorado crunch. I'm sure if you're down in the south, it's going to take a little more time to get your stuff dry because you've got all that humidity. Uh, some folks uh, have to set their weed out on the table for a minute before they can even smoke it. If you set it out too long here, it turns to dust. If you set it out too long in Mississippi, it gets too wet to smoke. So keep in mind, everything I'm talking about, you've got to adapt and adjust this to your environment. Not everybody's got that perfect climate-controlled room. Not everybody's got that perfect uh, state of, in their house and their, in their commercial facility. I understand that. So you're going to have to adjust everything, and the, the plants are the boss still.
So pay attention to the moisture level when you're popping those sticks. If they're gooey, wait a little bit longer. If it's a commercial facility and you're going to have to leave overnight, you may need to stay late tonight and put those plants into a container as late as possible. I've done that plenty of times. But try to wait till the perfect moment until they're not exploding. You don't want it to explode. Then you went way too long. Uh, you don't want it to be gummy and rubbery. That's too early. You want it to just crack just right. That's the perfect time to put those buds into a jar. I'm checking my notes. Um, one thing I did write down, if your buds in your jars do get a little bit too dry, here is a way to reconstitute and re-moisten them. I don't recommend letting them get too dry, but this is a backup plan. Grab one fresh leaf off of a plant and put one fresh leaf inside of your jar and seal it up for about two hours. Just two hours will be enough for a mason jar. Then take that leaf out of there and check the moisture of that bud. You may need to leave that jar open for a little bit. Uh, close it up, let that moisture constitute, move around, what's it called, equalize. Then check on your product out after about an hour again and see what you need to do with it from there. But that one leaf will moisturize your plants way more than you're anticipating. So I said two hours, maybe I should have just said one because a lot of people on the internet really uh, have a hard time with details and instructions. So let's say one hour. After one hour with that leaf in there, go check on it because then people will fuck up and extend their time and they'll still be okay. All right, so real quickly, um, here is my rundown. I know, I know I went really quickly, but it doesn't have to be as difficult as a lot of people want to make it. Prepare yourself. Get your room prepared. 50% uh, humidity to 60% humidity. 50 to 60 degrees Fahrenheit in the room is ideal. It can be a little bit off. Those are parameters. We understand that not every grower has got the perfect environment, but understand that way too warm is going to dry that weed way too fast. It will get harsh. It will taste funky, and that will also be detrimental to your terps. So get your environment. Get your gear. Uh, defoliate everything. Um, then chop the plants. Hang them up in your dark room. Then eventually they will snap. Then you buck all the buds off, then jar them. You can trim them before or after the jar. The cure process is now started. Open and close those jars on a schedule. Something I should mention, a lot of people talk about how stanky weed is around week seven, eight, nine. As soon as you put scissors to it, it's going to be exponentially stanky. Yes, I did say stanky. Um, the neighborhood might know. The neighbors are going to smell it. If the mailman comes up to the porch, he might smell your weed. If you order food, they're going to smell it. Be prepared for all of that. I don't want you to get this far and then get in trouble because the harvest was too stinky. If you've got a carbon filter, I would set that up right by where you're trimming if necessary. Uh, something that I like to do, I go to the grow store and they sell something. Um, what's a product called? It's, um, should I know the name of it? And I just can't say the name of the product. It is a smell. It's an ozone product. I may have to press pause and research the name of this fucking product real quick. If you go to the grow store and you ask them for smell products to eliminate smell, what is it called, dude? It just won't come to me. It's a jar. And a lot of people tear the lid off and open the jar and tear that paper lid off and leave it sitting open. That's not how you're supposed to do it. Uh, open it up and poke holes in that paper uh, that's on top of there and then just poke a few holes in the plastic lid and screw the plastic lid on top of there it will last a lot longer boys and girls i'm going to pause and research the name of this product because it is driving me crazy i didn't even have to pause and research it because it came to my head as soon as i started typing smell product in the internet uh, it is called ona gel o-n-a ona gels so what i would do i would get that jar of ona gel and poke holes straight through the top of it just a few holes you don't need a lot and it will last much longer and set that by the doorway like I've got a little table by my doorway for my keys and all that good shit. Just set it right there so that when the door opens, if somebody walks in, the very first thing they smell is Ona gel. 
the ona is designed to suck up bad aromas and odors. It takes all the molecules. I don't understand the fucking science. I'm lying to you. It's designed to kill the odors. But also it makes off its own uh, like hospital. Uh, it smells like a urinal cake, hospital kind of a smell. So the Ona gel would be beneficial. Put those at your front door, your back door. Um, if you've got any sort of air conditioning blowing air out, set the Ona gel next to that. It'll shoot that Ona smell right out through your air conditioner. That is my advice. Because if you grew good weed, uh, I ordered a pizza and the pizza guy looked at me like, holy shit, bro. As soon as I opened the door, he knew I was trimming. Luckily, I went to high school with that pizza dude. So I've known that dude for a long time was not an issue. Shout out pizza guy. Not going to say your name. All right, boys and girls, I have been rambling here for a very, very long time. Thank you for listening. Once again, I do apologize for being a day late on this podcast. I feel like I made up for it. If you have any questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, I would love to hear from you. The email address is hotmail.com. Don't be shy. Also, make sure you check out my website. On my website, iregenetics.com, there's a link to my Discord server. Come join us on Discord. There's a link to iredirect.com where you can get the seeds. Make sure you check out the birthday sale like we talked about a moment ago. And also there is a link to my Patreon campaign, patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. Make sure you follow those links if you're interested in supporting the podcast. I think that's all I've got for you for this week. I'll be back next week with more free seed giveaways and more grow questions. I want to give a big shout out to my buddy Lefty. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me. Rasta Jeff, you bad motherfucker.